Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to another live Q&A. We all sure haven't done this in a while on YouTube, but I want to go ahead and give you all an opportunity to join me um, live, especially those on YouTube. I know you, some of you guys have been catching my IG, but if you watch it for the very first time, you're like, man, I like what this guy's doing after watching this video, and you're like, hey, man, I would love um, to subscribe and be a part of his online community, feel free to come subscribe. I would love to be your online coach here. But for those who's been rocking with me a long time, whether you've been subscribed for 13 years or you've been subscribed for 13 minutes, I want to say thank you all so very much. And for those who trust me with their questions, man, I thank you so much. God definitely gets to go. True love. What's going on? Greetings. Greetings to you too. Miss Bishop 2012. Good evening, Coach. Good evening. I'm just showing my, my YouTube fam some love with some live Q&A. Y'all been getting a lot of teachings from me. And today was my last day of school. So this summer, uh, Lord willing, I'll be uh, revving up. Um, some teachings that I feel that like maybe God wants me to share, as well as doing a lot more live Q and A's. Um, true. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Miss C. What's going on? Hope you're well. So, um, so this summer I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get a lot of videos out there um, because you know I work at a school, so summers I'm pretty much off. But I probably do a little work, but it's all good. Corey, what's going on? Hope you're well. So let me know where y'all watching from. All that good stuff. And thank you so much for all those. And I rarely shout out these individuals, those who listen on um, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all those who listen to online. If you're like, hey, I'd rather listen than look at him, make sure you subscribe on one of those platforms and, and, and listen to the same thing that you see here on YouTube. So who's got the first question from me? Last day of school, congrats. I know. Hey, kick Mr. Pena, what's going on? You know, I don't work at Broward anymore. I work at a, um, my old high school, middle high school now. Uh, but thank you so much. Hope you're doing well up there up north. Hope you're well. Hope you're safe. Thank you for joining my live. Uh, Malika, what's going on from Arizona? Thank you so much. True love for the super chat. Thank you so much. And Mr. Pena, I hope your school was, school was going good for you. I uh, hope everything's going well for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining my live. Miss D says, hey, Coach Josh, can you expound on ways your wife made it hard for you to get her dating balance? She put up. Great question. Well, my wife was just very... Uh, she had her own. Simple as that. She had her own. She was very, she was confident in, in, in who she was in Christ. And, and basically what she did was um, she just gave me the truth. It's like, if this is what you want, this is what you want. Um, but as far as uh, boundaries, um, the balance she had was, you know, if the, the more exclusive um, you want my time, the more of my time you want exclusively, you're going to have to prove it over time. Like when we, when we was first um, talking, if I had to see her, I had to go see her at, um, at her school, she was going to UNC Charlotte and she was getting her graduates, uh, a master's degree in education, a graduate degree in education. And, um, for, for months, if not a year, we didn't go out on no days and like that. But basically what she was doing was, was seeing, uh, will he be willing to endure a period of time? Does anybody will will date you and and go out to eat with you and and uh, uh, occupy your space and time? But but in three months, they got you and there's really no proof of commitment. Right. But with her, she had to, she made me prove my commitment to her. And so and if she didn't make it make it make sure I make it very clear. It wasn't that she was playing games. She was just playing reality. And I appreciate it for that, because anytime a woman 
makes a man work. See, a man is supposed to pursue a woman. And in pursuing a woman, there's there's an investment. And men and women are investments too. But I'm talking about as far as relational investments, men are supposed to put the work in. The one who is res- the most responsible has to put in the most work. What I mean by the most work is to prove. Can I prove that I can um, be stable and secure for her? Can I prove that I can be financially stable for her? Can I prove that I can be emotionally mental? And that takes time. That takes time to prove. The issue is we don't give ourselves the amount of time we need to see whether or not is uh, whether or not a man is willing to do what it takes to to not only get a girl but to to maintain and, and not maintain. That sounds bad, but to keep her right. Um, but basically, she made it. She didn't make it difficult or hard. She just made it. She just made it real. And, and I just think since she had her own, that's why I advise every woman to have her own. Have your own. Like, don't don't be waiting for a man of God to come. Don't be waiting for someone that's financially whatever. Get your finances together. Get your uh, uh, a wifeness together. Get your business together because you got to have something to offer more than just looks. You see what I'm saying? And then when you have your own and you built your own with the help of God and, and all that good stuff, then when a man tries to buy you, he can't buy you because you already have your own then you will have a greater chance of meeting a real man because that real man understands that she knows how to hold her own. Therefore, she can hold down the home and hold down and we can hold this down together. Right. So my wife was just uh, she had a great village and, and she was just raised right, man. I appreciate it for that. But dating boundaries, she didn't she didn't make she didn't she did not allow me to get exclusive access immediately. I had to earn it. I had to prove that even when we was even talking about uh, um, beyond dating, talking about relationship, we really had to talk. I had to get some stuff together, you know, it, uh, just to make sure that she felt secure enough, stable enough to say, you know what, I'll take his last name. And I'm guarantee you right now, she's glad she took my last name because she made me work to make sure, you know, uh, uh, I can really take care of her and, and et cetera like that. So that's just a quick, quick um, gist of what my wife did, man, and 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 that's amazing. I think a lot of this can really pull from her in regards to that. But Joshua Pittman says, "Hey, coach, perfect timing. Uh, how do I deal with the job that I have to work long hours at, and where I and where I don't where and where it doesn't allow me to socialize and utilize my gift as much? It's interesting because um, uh, I, I helped someone else with this same scenario, same situation. But what I told the individual is, uh, don't make a temporary place permanent." Learn as much from that place as possible so that when you do have a place of possibility, you can actually make things possible, right? And so don't um, get so upset with uh, or bothered by the job you're at because there's probably something at that job that you can learn from, right? And so how do you deal with a job like that? You just got to work unto the Lord. The Bible's when you when you work into the Lord, you will exceed the expectations of people. And when you exceed the expectation of people, promotion occur. Also, how to deal with a job that you don't want to deal with, um, stack skills there. Why you on that job? Um, learn different skill sets. Maybe get up under some level of mentorship with with a boss or whoever, where you can learn certain skills that will position you. Every job I had uh, uh, played a part to the job that I have now, and has played a part in how I handle myself wherever I'm at. Right. So don't worry about socialization, uh, socializing. I mean, and and utilizing your gifts. 
you you that's the job you signed up for. You work that job, you work unto the Lord, meaning that you go in that job with gratitude, you go in that job thankful that you have a job, especially in a climate where people don't have a job, and you begin to allow the uh, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you ways that you can stack skills, ways that you can grow, ways that you can glean, so that when you go to the next level, you will be able to uh, uh do exceptionally well there. Right? So, how do you deal with number one? Be grateful, be grateful that you have a job. Um, second point, uh, uh, look around and see what you can learn from this job that can really help you in the next job. Number three, uh, um, utilize it as a ministry platform. Be a light there because some places God just has you there not to socialize, not to be a gift, but to be a light. To be a light and be a one that preserves because there could be a co-worker there that God is utilizing you within the kingdom to reach for such a time as this, right? So that you would be able to be planted in that job uh, for that purpose. All right. So, hey, Coach Perfect Tommy, how do I deal with the job that I have to work long hours at and where I don't uh, doesn't? Well, the good thing is if you're single, bro, stack your paper. That's a blessing. You got long hours right now. If you're a single man, I don't know if you married or not, but Joshua, if you're single, you don't have time to socialize. You don't have time to exhibit your gifts right now. And it could, it, but there's ways you can do your gifts. I'm not trying to be hard, but what I'm saying is stack your money, under, uh, become financially literate, um, grow in your financial stewardship. Uh, um, stack your money, save your money, invest your money. And whatever time you do have, that's when you can see if God wants you to serve at a place or whatever volunteer to exhibit, to express your giftings. But uh, don't count it um, strange when you're in certain places like this, because God could be using this place um, to develop you and to, and to groom you for where you will be able to utilize your gift as much. When I worked at Harris Teeter, a grocery store, when I worked at Wells Fargo, uh, when I worked at those kind of jobs like that, I didn't really like them. And then when I got the YMCA job, I began to see I got closer to my purpose. And then the YMCA job positioned me Positioned me for a school job and the school job before this school job positioned me for this school job. So all jobs play a part. I hope that makes sense, my brother. But be encouraged, fam. Good questions, y'all. Good questions. Jojo says, what's up, coaches? Jojo out of, of Fort Worth. What's going on, family? How do I become more? How do I become more faithful with my faith? How do I become more faith with my trusted God? How can I build my faith in my trusted God? I guess that's what you're saying. Well, faith is a muscle. Uh, uh, faith, it boils down to trust. The best way to help me build my faith and trust in God is to track his faithfulness. God has a track record that's second to none. If you look backwards and really on a sheet of paper, because sometimes your brain and your and your and you have to see it on paper so that you can see the list. Sometimes when you're in your emotions, um, God is not coming through based upon your expectations. God is not coming to you based upon your deepest dark desires. But most of us don't look in the mirror enough to see how we carnally, selfishly, and, and are in idolatry when it comes to the things that we want. So we get mad at God when God doesn't come through. So we lose faith in God. We we prove to lack faith in God because God's not coming through for things that I lust is for, that we're lusting for. But when we really honest with our heart's desires, we it could kind of make sense on why certain things are not there. But then, but if you get a sheet of paper or a notebook and you begin to track the faithfulness of God, you'll begin to build faith in him, just like I have faith in this chair. This chair has been here for the last maybe 200 videos. I don't even think I don't even check the legs. <clears throat> I don't check his sturdiness. I know it's faithful because it's proven to be faithful. I've seen it faithful. It's actually comfortable. I enjoy this chair. One of my favorite chairs in the house to do work in. Right. Very sturdy. Great chair. God is more faithful than his chair. The issue is 
We base God's faithfulness on the things that we lust for versus building our faith on the things that, that we do have and God has proven his love for, right? So you have to assess your heart and ask yourself, why do you lack faith? Secondly, you got to track God's faithfulness and say, man, God really did come through for me. And the more you begin to track it starting today, I want you to go back maybe two weeks back and just start tracking how God was faithful to you. Every single day you write down that God's faithfulness towards you was that he woke you up this morning. Track his faithfulness that you say, man, I got operation, anything, all these different, whatever. And then continue to track how God opened this door or made this way or one of those church handshakes or whatever it is. Track his faithfulness towards you, not just in the material things, but in the immaterial things. And then your faith will naturally grow towards God. Right. Uh, and uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, getting into God's word. Um, listening to preachers that the Holy Spirit leads you to listen to to help stir your faith and build your faith. But God is trustworthy. We just don't track him the way he ought to be tracked. We track him based upon the big things and we forget about the little things that are actually big things. I, I measure God's faithfulness in me being alive. I track his faithfulness based upon the little things that he does for me because it's in the details that makes him more demonstrative. It's in the details that makes him the more divine to me because he's that involved. He's that involved invested and it makes me feel uh, at peace inside. So how do you build your faith? First off, you got to uh, ask yourself, what am I really needing faith for? Am I tracking God's faithfulness based upon the big things I want, the things that I lust for, or am I tracking the faithfulness in his love towards me this far? And then over time, you will begin to see his faithfulness. Therefore, you'll be full of faith in him. Hope to help. Eve Maddock, Maddock, thank you so much for your super trap. Super trap. Super trap. Super chat. Hey, family, it's been a I know. I haven't done a live Q&A in a while. I've done a couple on Instagram, but I'm back on, uh, probably do a little bit more of these. I've taught a lot. I've taught maybe, um, how many videos have I taught? Maybe seven or eight, 10 videos. So I'm gonna do a little lot more, lot more live Q&As. Joshua Pittman says, I work at Amazon. Okay, I see now. But used to work in retail where I was able to socialize with people and spread happiness and make the work a lot of, whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is you have a choice. Well, I will just choose to be where God wants me. That's the best place to be. God, where do you want me? Because even though retail may be where you want to be, this may be where God has you to be. But the good thing, Joshua, is you can find out today. God is not going to withhold his will from you, especially if you desire to be in his will. So what I would do is I would just say, God, here are my here are my concerns. Here is what's bothering me. And, and I want to know if this is where you want me to be. But God, reveal it to me because I really want to be where you want me to be. And I want to utilize my gifts more. That's nothing wrong with asking God that. But make sure you desire to be in his will. Great questions, y'all. Um, good evening, A. Rice from Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you for watching. Uh, Miss Asana says, hey, Joshua, God bless you for your teaching. It's a blessing to be a part of your amazing community. God gets the glory. Thank you for being a part of my community. It's a blessing to have you here. Joshua said, hey, coach, my question was before Miss D. In case you, oh, oh I, I just got you, bro. I got you. I'm on, uh, she was on Facebook. So right now I'm live on YouTube and on Facebook. So I'm going, so they place it in the order. So they do YouTube and Facebook comments together. So that's probably where she, uh, got in front of you. If I, if I, if I got it right. Um, uh, Miss Hogg says, how can you tell someone has a spirit of lust? How do you overcome it? I think God is showing me that he is. Great question. How can you tell someone has a spirit of lust? 
Love has boundaries. Love has limits. Lust doesn't. Lust will take a person beyond the boundaries of that they should have and will take them in, in uh, 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 jumping over the boundaries of another person. Um, lust is something where that person begins to desire you beyond your willingness to be desired and are desiring you beyond their uh, uh, place of desiring you, right? So you know someone has a spirit of lust on them when they can't look you in the eye. They keep looking at your uh, assets. They keep looking at what you have to offer. Their hands are always touching you. They're super friendly. Um, you When you're out with them, they're looking at other girls as they pass by or looking at other guys. So you're a lady, so I'm talking about a guy. He's looking at every girl that passed by. He cannot maintain eye contact. Uh, um, his neck is not strong. His neck, he just keeps looking every time a girl goes by. Um, and you could just tell, you could feel it. Um, you can feel when he just wants your body and more than he wants you. And, and only reason why he's entertaining your conversation, only reason why he's entertaining your your uh, your space is to try to get in uh, to you. And so it's easy to tell. Look at their eyes. Look at their body language. Look at how they engage. Look at how they talk to you. Look at what time they text you. Look at what time they call you. No man of love is going to call you at 11 o'clock. Most people who call you at 11 o'clock want certain type of talk. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to mix and mingle with individuals like that because you don't want to be engaging with someone like that. And then you find yourself in a weak situation and then you fall into it. And then you find yourself in a compromising, lustful situation. And that spirit has now got you soul tied, individual transferring issues that's in him into you. And then you find yourself soul tied with someone that was toxic. And that person got a timer in them. And after that timer's up, you left with a soul tie. You left with feelings. You left with impurity. You left with condemnation. And that person and went on to another nation, another place to uh, to do the same trick over again because that spirit is utilizing him as a host to try to utilize you or to manipulate you and pervert you and have you in a toxic cycle connect to a man who really didn't love you but only wanted to lust in you. And that's just not fair to you. So how can you tell someone has a spirit of lust? Eye contact, body language, time of communication, um, where their hands go. Um, the slickness of their communication and how they try to slip in uh, sexual innuendos to try to to try to measure and see if you really trying to be about this, uh, uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, and how do you overcome it? Um, that that's not uh, how do you overcome lusting you or lusting individual. Now, if it's lusting individual, uh, you should flee. You should run from that individual because those individuals can't be trusted because lust has no bounds. You cannot trust something who doesn't have self control. People who do not have self-control in any area cannot be trusted. It's, it's, it's not wise to trust a person who don't have self-control in their money, who don't have self-control in their purity, who don't have self-control in their thoughts. You can't, they become a liability. They're going to eventually affect you and get you off your course. So that person has to go to God and be alone and isolated and fixed by God. And you cannot aid them in overcoming it because lust will always find a different street, a different avenue, a different boulevard to get you on a particular cul-de-sac in someone's car uh, and, 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 and having yourself messed up. You can't you can't be around lust. You can't have company with people that got that issue. Only God can help them overcome that. You said, I think God is showing me that he is. The good thing is I'm just here to conf confirm what God said. And you have to make the decision to move on, because if you try to be Jesus and try to save this person, you're going to find yourself lost. Hope that help family. Daughter of God, what's going on? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my fiance is. Then the good thing is he is a fiance, not a husband. 
So if your fiance has lust issues, then you got to break off the, you got to break it off. I can't tell you what to do, but I, I will tell you what I would do. If you notice any type of lust issues, then I wouldn't say break it off necessarily. But the first thing I would do is ask God, is this the one you have for me? Now, people can go through phases and people can go through temptations and people can go through a period where the enemy's trying to break y'all's union. That's a possibility. But the real question is, is this who God has for you? Is this who God has for you? Because a lot of Christian men who suppress that area of their life become a little bit more explosive when they get close to marriage and they start finding themselves not really because they suppressed it. They never dealt with it. They suppressed it, but they never uh, uh, dealt with the issue. Now, the issue is stronger now that he's around a young lady that he's attracted to. Now, all of a sudden, now you're feeling kind of weird because now he's trying to push you into marriage so that he can get in the, you know what I'm saying? And then after he doesn't have sex with you, after he undid all that stuff with you, and he has to wake up to you as a real wife, as a real person, he won't be satisfied. And now he'll feel imprisoned in that marriage, and he'll be looking for somebody else to uh, fall in lust with. And he'll try to get you, uh, 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 he'll feel stuck. He'll start acting stuck. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that's what's going on, but you got to know that you know from God that this individual is God sent to you and is not dealing with a, a deep rootedness of lust. I'm talking about like deep, deep, where it's like you need, you should, you should have dealt with this before we even uh, became uh, in fiance mode. So the thing about a woman is a woman can dictate the pace of a man. You don't have to marry him right now. You don't have to marry him at all. All you got to do is say, hey, right now I am noticing that you are a little bit like this. Am I doing anything that's triggering you? If so, let me know. If you're not even doing anything that's triggering you, wearing and you wearing you fully clothed and you modest, and he's just all over the place, then my friend, you gotta say, hey man, are you are you into anything online? Because what you're doing online is is hindering what we have offline. And if he's into pornographies and all that kind of stuff, man, that stuff that stuff decays and rocks relationships and marriages. So if that's your fiance. Uh, the good thing is that's not your husband right now. You can you actually have the opportunity to seek God, find God, and find out what God wants you to do, whether he wants you to cut it all the way off or lifting the rope and have him get some counseling and get some help and some accountability. Counseling and accountability is what helps me, period. You need accountability. You need counseling. You need someone to vent to and talk to because when you're stressed as a man, you got to communicate. You got to talk. You got to vent out. You got to invest in your marriage. You got to invest in it or the enemy's going to try to creep in and mess you up. So I hope that helped. Let's keep going. Jody Real says, I'm a Christian man who wears gold teeth and earrings. Well, I look too much like a thug to attract a good Christian woman. Well, fam, you just got to ask yourself, why do you have to wear those things? I, I'm not sitting there saying that anything is necessarily wrong. You just got to ask yourself why. And, and, um, and I'm not sitting there saying that you can't marry a woman of God because you wear gold teeth and earrings. You just got to, everything that's brought to me, I always ask the individual, why are you doing it? And where did it stem from? And is this really you, right? But what I'm saying is like, you have to understand, it just depends on the woman. I mean, uh, John the Baptist didn't wear no gold teeth or no uh, earrings, but that man had uh, ate locusts and honey and, and had wool skin on and people still got baptized by him. So what I'm saying is the 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 outside of a person um, doesn't dictate the will of God to a degree, but you got to ask yourself to what degree are you doing these things so that you can make sure that you are presenting your genuine self. Because if you're not presenting your genuine self, and then you attract someone based upon that, you get what you attract to a degree, right? 
So, uh, but don't look at yourself as a thug. I'm not saying you're like a thug. You just got to ask yourself why. Gold teeth and earrings might not be my thing, but it might be yours. Who am I to judge? But what I'm saying is you just got to always ask yourself why you do what you do. And if it's in a line to God's will for you and the path for you, and, and would the woman that God has for you like that? But the good thing is we're always changing, we're always growing. So don't worry about what I'm doing to it. It's what I'm wearing going to attract someone. Ask yourself, why am I attracted to this thing in the first place? Because if you ask to answer that honest question, then you will begin to find out whether or not you're doing things genuinely or if it's stemming from some other place that's not uh, that wasn't handed over to God for God to fix. That makes sense. Corey says, I feel like I'm stuck, losing faith and hope. I take one step forward and five steps back. I feel like I can't change to the person that I want or need to be. I hope God doesn't give on me any advice. Great question, Corey. And we've all been there. Um, this Christian road is not easy, my friend. Um, we live in a fallen world with fallen entities and people in fallen states um, who are in every state trying to mess our, our state in God and our hope in him. And it's a fight. That's why it's a spiritual warfare. Um, the re probably the reasons why you're stuck. Uh, there's many reasons why you could be stuck. You could be stuck because of, of, of spiritual disciplines, the lack thereof. You could be stuck based upon your uh, lack of awareness or investment in the idea of who you are as in regards to God's son or daughter. Um, that can cause you to be stuck. Um, life can cause you to be stuck. Just weariness and tiredness. Uh, 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 finances can cause you to be stuck. Uh, uh, false hopes can have you causing stuck. And you could be losing faith and hope because you had your foot in the wrong stuff. You was anchored in the wrong things, right? It's hard to lose faith in God if you know how faithful God is. Let me say that again. It's hard to lose faith in God, nearly impossible to lose faith in God when you are fully aware of how faithful God is. So if you're losing faith or hope, it could be that you were rooted in something else. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if your hope was in a particular outcome when it comes to finance or a particular outcome at a job or a particular outcome in a relationship, if you have a particular desired outcome in a thing outside of your foot being rooted in God, then when that thing has proven unable to sustain, you begin to lose hope. You begin to lose faith. Because God, no matter how uh, unfaithful the world is, he is always faithful, right? So if you're taking one step forward in the will of God, it's hard to go five steps back, right? But if you're taking step one steps over and over again in a place that is not God's will for you, or in pursuing ideologies and concepts and desires that are not a part of God, then it's easy for you to get blown back five, six, six steps, right? So if you feel like you can't change into the person that you want to be, I'd ask yourself, who is it that you need to be? <clears throat> and you, first off, the, the second part of your, the last part of the question reveals, not necessarily reveal your, uh, your, your um, view of God per se. Yeah, it does. It just, it, it reveals um, the, the, the possibility of God giving up on you. He's not going to give up on you. God will not give up on you. There's a certain question you got to ask yourself. Am I in the will of God? Do I desire the will of God? Am, is my hope in something else? Do I, do I, is my hope in my money? Is my hope in my job? Because anywhere you have your hope becomes your dope. And when it becomes your dope, once that dope has uh, has taken its course, you're going to find yourself uh, feeling sick and not feeling good. But if your hope is in God, no matter what changes around you, you won't change and you will be sturdy and secure. 
So you got to ask yourself, there, there's something in the middle of the road that's got you stuck. It could be a sinful lifestyle. It could be the lack of self-awareness in regards to who you are in Christ. It could be a lot of different things. But you have to take some time to really process and spend time with God and do the faithful track record thing that I suggested earlier because, because God is faithful. You're losing faith and you're losing hope because you lost your step in God. As simple as that. Because it's hard to lose faith in a God who is fully or who a person fully knows is faithful. So you got to ask yourself. I think that's the root thing. And the rest of your questions will be answered once you find the root of the issue. Hope to help, Court. Jesus, the Lord of glory, says, I just got out of my first relationship and it was an ungodly one because I, I was backslidden in sin. I've been watching a lot of your videos and they have been helping me so much. God gets the glory. I, I, I'm ecstatic. I'm glad that it's been a blessing to you. Well, the good thing is you live and you learn. That's the beautiful thing about life. We don't win and lose. We win and learn. So I'm glad the videos are a blessing to you. Stay, stay faithful in God. Stay growing in God. Don't fall into condemnation. Grow out of it. Uh, and uh, if you plan um, to earn, plan to learn. And what I mean by that, Ed, keep learning from those mistakes so you can earn from it. Not only do you learn from it, but you can earn from it. Earn the traits and qualities needed. Earn the, the understanding and the patience. Earn the contentment that will help you not burn the relationship that you plan on being in. Hope to help. Jamila White says, my own father has rejected me because I made a mistake. I'm so angry with God for giving me an abusive father. What to do? Um, uh, God did not give you that father. I mean, it's part of life. When a man plants a seed in a woman, a baby is born. Uh, no matter how abusive a father is, you don't have to entertain his abuse. See, a mother is one who nurtures. A father is one who instructs. The moment a man stops instructing is the moment that man is no longer a father. Therefore, you got to ask yourself, why am I constantly engaging in his abusive nature? People will only abuse the individuals that allow them to be abused. Now, if you're living with them, then it might be time to look for a place to get up out of there, right? But you can't get mad at God because the issue is the enemy wants you mad at God because it's never been God's fault. You don't want to be like Adam. And, you don't want to be like Adam that blamed God for the state that he put himself in, right? When he began to look at God and said, the woman you gave me, God, is the reason why I did this. So you don't want to be in a place where the father you gave me is the reason why I'm out here sleeping with other men, the reason why I, I walked away from you, or the reason why I didn't want to spend time with God. That's not going to, that's not going to, that's not going to be, uh, it's not going to have no merit in judgment. It ain't going to have no merit when it comes to erasing consequences, right? So what you need to do is examine your heart and ask yourself, why are you mad at him? Because God has allowed you to survive thus far. So if you're so angry with God for giving you an abusive father, be glad that God gave your abusive father a daughter, a praying daughter. Don't get mad at God because he, quote unquote, gave you an abusive father. Be thankful that God can use you. To, to redeem an abusive father, that God gave your abusive father a praying daughter. Once you change your perspective and see um, your abuser, your enemy, the way God sees them, not I'm not talking about you be all in them and, and, and try to help them while they're abusing and hitting you and all that kind of stuff with their words or, or physically. From a distance, God can use you to redeem them through kindness. You don't got to be in this vicinity all the time just because he's your dad. Who's my mother? Who's my father? Jesus said, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Disciples came to Jesus like, yo, your mother and brother want you at that stage. They were not willing to be invested in the kingdom work that he was in. Therefore, he was like, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Those who are amongst the household of God. These are my mother. These are my brothers. These are my, these are my people. So just because they your blood, just because they feminine don't mean you got to sit there and, and, and be abused. Right now, he's not being a father. Who's my father? The heavenly father is. 
Don't allow the enemy to use your earthly father to change the way you see your eternal father who's eternally good. Hope to help. Hey, coach, I've had a hard time forgiving my mother. Oh, man, we got a lot of people. I understand. I know she loves me, but at times it seems she criticizes me and oversteps my boundaries. Listen to my phone conversation. Do you stay with her? That's the real question. How do you forgive her? Great question. Uh, first off, I don't. how old are you? If you're 18 and up, it could just be time to give up your, your place there and move on, you know? Um, but if you're having a hard time forgiving, it's going to eat, it's going to be very hard to forgive if you compare the sins horizontally versus the sins vertically. When you see the sins you have done against God, it makes forgiving the sins beside you easier. If God in his holiness can forgive you despite the countless amount of sins that you did towards him, then 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 it it positions you to see the sins against you with a level of empathy, with empathetic eyes. And you'll be able to look inside of an individual and see the, the things that's, that's rotten in them and, and utilize the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit utilize you to be a tool that will help that individual come out of that state, right? So you have a hard time forgiving your mother. You know she loves you, cool, but nobody's perfect, right? Always look through empathetic eyes. Why is my mom like this? Could it be that my mom's acting like this because of this? This not give this does not give her an excuse to do what she's doing. Therefore, I exclude myself from such closeness within her environment for me to be abused. So I remove myself to a certain limit to where I can still she can still see love, still feel love for me, but I don't feel abuse coming my way, right? But you said, but at times she see, uh, but, but but at times it seems she criticized me, and that's just but. Once you begin to understand your value and your boundaries, people can't cross what they can't climb. So if your boundaries are high, they can't climb it. If you know your standard. So if she's listening to your phone conversation, reading your messages. Now, if you're in her house, there's nothing I can do about that because you can't move out. But if you're 18 and up, maybe it's time to look for your own place and just have a conversation. Ask your mom, why are you looking through my messages? Why are you looking now? If you 14, 12, 13 years old, that she has all the rights. <laughs> she want to make sure that you live in right to a degree. Now, I don't know. I don't know your mom like that, but but uh, it's hard to have boundaries in somebody else's boundaries. It's hard to have boundaries of 14, 15 year old in, a, in your mother's house. I don't know your age. Let me see if I scroll down, see if you can tell me your age. Let's see. Okay. I don't, I don't see anything about age yet, but yeah. So how do you forgive her? You, you just got to understand that uh, the reality of unforgiveness that God said, if you can't forgive your brother, I'm not going to forgive you because God saying, how do you have, a, have you, how do you have the audacity to not forgive when I've, when I forgave you who didn't have no right to forgive? Hope to help. Let me see if you, uh, I'm 21. Do you stay with her? Now that I got you coming, do you stay with her? Do you live with her? Because it could be a lot of parents do this. They they don't grow with their kids. So what they do is they still treat a 21-year-old like they're 12. Yeah, then you just got to say, hey, um, mom, I'm 21. This is my phone. Now, if she's paying for that phone and all that kind of stuff, then you got no leverage, right? But um, but um, I would have a conversation with her and just say, hey, uh, I'm 21. And now be ready for that backlash. Or she might be, if you're 21, then get your, get your own place and just pay yourself to move out. But you can't harbor unforgiveness towards her because of that, because she's still growing as well. So you forgive her by understanding that forgiveness gives you the opportunity to go forward. You don't want to be that toxic wife that's being bitter towards her husband because of the bitterness in her mind. These, these experiences that we have in our childhood with our parents transfer 
into our future relationships and future situations, our jobs, etc. And it affects those different things. So you got to look, you got to have forward thinking, eternal thinking and forward thinking. Eternal thinking says, God, you so good to me. You forgave me. I, I, I can surely forgive. That's eternal thinking. Forward thinking is saying, how could my toxicity or unforgiveness towards my mom affect my marriage one day, affect my children one day, affect my job one day, affect my, my life one day? So eternal thinking makes you come into awareness that God being so gracious and mercy, mercy grace, uh, uh, um, full of grace and mercy can forgive me. Surely I can forgive her. And asking God to help me through your Holy Spirit to have empathetic eyes to be able to navigate when I'm when I when I'm living with her, and then have forward thinking. I say I must forgive because I don't want to be her in my with my children. I don't want to be um, toxic to my own children one day or with my husband. Hope to help, y'all. I gotta go. I hope this live Q and A was a blessing to you. Uh, um, I love you all. A lot of you all answered your questions already more than once. Uh, the thing is, uh, he gave me a ring and everything else is fine. It's just that he's showing signs of lust when we go out, especially at the pool. Hey, man, then, then first off, you know, um, no, no matter what you wear at the pool, he's going to be a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, a ring don't mean anything. A ring don't mean anything. Uh, uh, you, you have the right as a woman to communicate your concerns. One thing my wife doesn't have a problem with is communicating her concerns. And she has the right. These are her concerns, and I have the right to communicate my concerns. Here are my concerns. That's how uh, uh, things don't burn is when you communicate your concerns. But if it needs to burn because the person doesn't want to meet those or listen to those concerns, then that's a red flag to say this ain't the, this ain't the person I'm supposed to be yoked up with, if that makes sense. Uh, Alexis, you know God is gracious. Where are your question, Alexis? Then everybody else is going to get mad, Alexis, if I answer your question. I don't even see your question, Alexis. Alexis, where's your question? Depending on what type of question you ask, YouTube might block it. Let me see. Could you answer one more? If not, that's okay. It's kind of long. Alexis, I got to go now. Uh, yeah. Oh, now I should have said yay. Where's your question, Alexis? And then now everybody's going to be, now I got to answer the people I ain't. Uh, okay, Elizabeth E. Oh, I'm skipping people. Hold on. Who haven't I answered the question from yet? I answered Josh's question. Jesus is the Lord. I answered one of his questions already. I answered Joshua Pittman's question already. Uh, Michaela, I answered her question already. You didn't write it. Okay, I'm going to go to Pearl too. Hold on, I got time. Let me see. I was going to go to Instagram, but uh, sorry, uh, Marie, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is just, 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 it's basic communication with God, it's dialogue. Uh, it's, it's talking to God, venting to God, just like what you do with any other person. Same thing, same communication that you have with a person. It's the same kind of communication you have with God. I'm talking about a holistic, whole conversation. So prayer is just making time to communicate with God, seeing what's on his heart, venting off of what's off your heart, um, seeking his will, brainstorming, creative Bible, uh, creative brainstorming sessions with God. Prayer is multiple different things. I'm actually working on, have a book idea, I'm going to work on that, on how to pray. Miss A, I don't think I answered her question. Why does it seem that God is blocking me from meeting my husband? I'm ready to be a wife and mother, but no eligible man in sight. Well, readiness is not proven in your vantage point. It's proven in God's vantage point. Because nobody knows that they're truly ready for a thing until they end that thing. 
That's why I never really came into marriage with expectations outside of the Bible, because I had to give us some years to kind of learn what this thing is. So the issue is you have to really ask yourself, um, God, I trust you no matter what, because sometimes we can idolize our readiness. We can get angry at God and say, God, I'm ready. Why haven't you? Versus saying, God, I trust you. When you get into God, why haven't you? Then your heart or your heart will begin to get hotened or hardened, hot towards God and hardened towards God. It'll get hot towards God because you be like, God, I'm ready. I'm proven. But then you get into the works rights that I did so I can get. It's like I get so I do. It's not that I did and I get is I get and then I do. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel is that I God did something I didn't deserve, which helps me to do what I was unable to do. Right. So God is not blocking you because the enemy is going to try to use those type of terminologies, those type of phrases to make you think that God is your enemy. <clears throat> that God is blocking from me and your husband. I'm ready to be a wife <clears throat> and a mother. That's a strong statement because you haven't been tested yet. You won't know if you're a wife until you're in the trenches of being a wife. Because anybody can be a wife because of I do. Anybody can be a wife because they got to an altar. Anybody can be a wife. <clears throat> anybody can say they're a wife or or have a title of a wife, right? But you won't know you're a wife until you're in the midst of the life of being a wife. You won't know if you're ready to be a mother until you are in the trenches of being a mother. It is the process. <clears throat> it, are, it is the test of a season that proves whether or not you match the title of that season. The test proves the title, not the title before the test. Anybody can have the title of wife. Anybody can have the title of husband. But it's a test of marriage that proves whether or not you're a husband or a wife. So right now, you just got to say, God, no matter what, I trust you. I think I'm ready, but you'll never know if you're ready. So I will just look at your heart and, and humble it a little bit more and just say, you know what, God, I trust your will. And in the meantime, while God is working, walking you towards what's already been worked out for you, you keep fine tuning that wife blade. You keep fine tuning certain things. Uh, 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 look at ways that you can manage a home. Look at ways that you can uh, uh, um, be that supportive wife. Audit your convert communication skills uh, and see, do I uh, do I speak in a way that builds up, fits the occasion and give grace to the hearer? You know what I'm saying? Am I quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger? Those are things you got to worry about on just fine tuning and until because even Rebecca was barren, even though she was blameless, because there was a particular timing God had for that union. So you could be ready all day. It just not be it just might not be the timing of God. And God is saying, trust me, even in the midst of your readiness. Hope to help. Elizabeth, have I answered a question from you already? Elizabeth C. Let me see. Is love a, de a decision? Yeah, love is an everyday decision. I got to choose to always do what love is. What if you don't feel like, if what if you don't feel that excitement anymore and trying to hold on, but not sure if he is the God meant spouse? Great question. Um, love is factual. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love has feeling components, but the ultimate aspect of love is not feeling. Love is factual. I'm in love with my wife, not because of my feelings for her. I'm in love with my wife because of God's factual confirmation of who she is to me. 
I rest on that because no matter when I get mad at her, no matter when she gets on my nerves or whatever it is, I can always go back to the facts of why I'm in love with her because this is God's wife for me. I got the facts. That's what stirs the feelings. Feelings don't stir feelings. Feelings can have you feel a certain type of way and want to get out the way. Love is factual. Love is more logical than emotional. Love is why am I in love? Why? That's a real question. Everyone who's in love right now, ask yourself why. Why are you in love with that person? What do you love about that person? Do you even know what love is? How can I do love as a verb if I don't know love as a noun? So love is a decision. Every day I got to choose love, not lust, not pride, not greed, not envy, not jealousy. I got to choose love. And the reason why I choose love is because it's factually, it's factual, it's fact. I know this is the woman God has for me. And if I hurt her, I hurt myself. So when you're in a situation, if you go by excitement, because not marriage is not all exciting. It's, it's amazing, but it's not exciting all the time. Excitement means something has to excite me. Something has to be on site to excite me. But amazing means the fact that you are God sent for me is amazing. Enough. That's why it's important to make sure it's God. Because if God confirms it is yours, then you can always trust no matter in day seven of your marriage or day 17 or the seventh year of your marriage, you will keep going forward because you know it is God sent. So don't worry about what if you don't feel excited anymore because in marriage, let me tell you, three years in, you're not going to always feel excited because you don't know. No, not all marriages are the same. There's not one marriage that's the same. It's two different people. Every person's marriage is different. You don't know what's going to happen. We had stuff happen in our marriage in our first two years that most people wouldn't made it through. All these ups and moves and all this kind of stuff that most people probably would have sunk into. Whoa, why are we going through this? No, that's life. Are we going to fight or are we going to flee? Are we going to fight this thing and go forward? Are we going to fight each other and eventually be away from each other? If you go by excitement, you will exit it. If you go by the facts, you will fulfill it. Hope that help. Pearl James says, why are toxic people get, why are toxic people drawn, get drawn back to me? What does God say about removing someone you had an amazing soul connection with? Great question. Um, Toxic people going to always go back to where, um, they once had control. So toxic people are always going to try to come back to good people. That's why good people draw toxic people because toxic people, we're talking about pe- good people that do good things but don't know how to manage that their goodness, right? They get drawn back to because that individual is going to be like, ah, uh, when I was around them, they was cool in the beginning and then they got comfortable with you then you became common to them. And then it was like, you know what? You're no longer fun anymore. So I'm going to find somebody else. And then when they go there somewhere else and realize the grass ain't always green everywhere else, they try to come back, but they never change. That's why you never, uh, just because a person uh, 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 it comes to it, has an epiphany, doesn't mean that ch- person has actually changed. Anybody can have an epiphany and be like, wow, she was amazing. Oh, she is a great woman or he is a great man, but they didn't change. They're still bringing that same toxic behavior that they took with them back with them with you. So just because someone says, oh, man, I wish I would have never left. Doesn't mean they put to death all the toxic things that's in them. Right. So what does God say about removing someone you had an amazing soul tie? Well, first off, soul connection with first off, you just got to transfer love God more than anything and begin to start that process and realizing that you don't want to be unequally yoked with anyone. 
Hope to help. I'm gonna keep going for time's sake because my wife's coming home soon. Corey, I already answered one of yours. Please forgive me. I love your advice about parents. God gets the glory. I'm so glad. Thanks, coach. Your advice has definitely opened my eyes. God bless you too. Uh, let me reiterate. Why do toxic people seem to come back to me when I am the most lonely? Oh, okay. But, excuse me. Back to me when I'm the most lonely, but are not there when I need them the most. No matter how hurt he hurts, no matter how he hurts me, I still try to understand. Listen, the thing is, since I know that you're a lady, uh, uh, women were never meant to nurture men. Women were meant to support men. Big difference. Boys need nurturing. Men need support. When you're in a relationship with someone that still got boy tendencies, they want to be nurtured. So they want the benefits without meeting requirements because the requirements requires them to mature. And if a woman who has this nurturing ability, who wants to nurture and, and she's now giving what was supposed to be given to her sons, she's giving it to a man, then that man is going to uh, uh, manipulate and pervert that, that process of satisfaction. And a woman would never get anything in return. The man would get all the nurturing, the man would get all the support, the man would get all these different things that was meant for a man, not a boy, Right. So why do tons of people seem to come back to me when I am the most lonely? It's because um, you you got to change your under, your perspective of loneliness. There's nothing wrong with being alone because you're never alone. The thing about my lonely period in life, quote unquote, was it was that I utilized that time to write books, to do videos. I occupied that idle time. I occupied that idle time and then began to make things into items and then began to build residuals. And that distracted me from even recognizing that I didn't have nobody there. Right. So when you're lonely, people are going to always come back because you don't you, they're, they're going to come back because they're going to realize that you don't even have your own back. You don't have no backing. You don't have anything that you're doing on your own. So you're going to try to come back because they need some shade. They need some fruit. That's why I never confuse a person who's always with you just for your shade and fruit with people who are there to tend you with your tree, tend you as a tree. Not everybody's there for you because of who you are. Some people are there because of what you have to offer. No matter how he hurts me, I still try to understand. The more you try to understand is that you're trying to overthink a situation that you can't solve. I'm the same way. I used to be an overthinker. And so oftentimes you will try to figure out, you will keep that person around you long enough until you figure it out, hoping that you figure it out, that you can figure out to make them a figure into the person that you hope them or see their potential to be. That's why you don't date potential. You don't marry potential. You marry progression. We don't marry potential because potential is untapped, meaning that they may not ever get there. We marry or we connect with or we engage with progression, especially those that God has paired us with. So the more you try to understand something that is not even trying to stand under you as a support, you're going to always find yourself confused. Hope to help. Now, Where's Elizabeth, uh, Alexis? Hey, Coach Josh from New Zealand. Thank you, Faith Chief, for watching from New Zealand. Thank you so much. It's kind of long. I didn't write. Okay, here we go. Okay. So I decided to devote a year to relationship with God, just him and I. Great. Then someone is, then someone is really pursuing me, and I'm not sure if he is a stumbling block. Great. Sorry that it's vague. I am rushing to type. No worries. I have prayed, asked for confirmation. I'm not sure what to do. When you're not sure what to do, do nothing. Don't date him. Don't talk to him all the time. <clears throat> nothing. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. God will never bring anyone into your life if your life is not together. God will not bring anyone into your life 
if you know you don't have certain things in order, right? So if you devote a year to a show of God and you devoted that and that person came within that year, that's a high percent chance of that person's a counterfeit. Because why would you devote, why in the middle of your devotion to God would God send someone to break up that commitment you made with him? So if they're really pursuing you and you're not sure if he's a stumbling block, then you shouldn't, then you shouldn't take another step. So you've prayed, ask him, the issue is don't continue to pray about a person. You pray one time. And you may pray again and just kind of get your heart back, whatever, vent to God or whatever. But you pray one time and you go about your life. Tell that young man right now. That's what I would do if I was in your shoes. I would tell a young man, until I know from God that you're the one from me, I think we should slow this down. I will. And just start listing your boundaries. Um, uh, don't call me every day. Um, we're not going out. Because the more... because. Why continue to get your emotions involved with something you don't even know if God wants you involved with it? So you gotta you gotta dissolve and and until God proves the solving of it or proves the solution of it before you get involved. Until things are solved, don't get involved. Until things are solved, don't get involved. Until you see the formula in front of you and God's like the salute, the problem has been solved. Now you can get involved, then you get involved. But don't take another step in the relationship until you know whether or not he's a stumbling block or a building block. I love you all. I got to go. 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 A guy who I've seen out at events like 16 pictures, on, 16 pictures on Facebook, he sent me his number, says he's been watching me on Facebook. There was mutual interest in each other, but he doesn't call or text. We get we go to go to what's next. Go Not the next guy, but your next your next step. Like that's games. The issue is he liked all your pictures because he liked what he saw, but he didn't like what he heard, right? So he's been watching you on Facebook. There's mutual interest on each other, but he doesn't call. He's he does not. He's not into you anymore. He's not into you anymore because I promise you, ladies, listen to me. There is no confusion in a guy who wants you. There's no confusion. He going. He going. He going. If he wants you, he wants you. The issue is he want the idea of you. That's the difference between when I was in, when I was younger and social media right now. Because a person can binge you for a long period of time and be so caught up in how you look, but when they open you as a book and they take a look in the book and they begin to read your rainbow, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they begin to see that these colors don't match what they want. They're gonna find themselves off the off the out, out the way. So just because they because Facebook is different because they look at your face as the only book they read. They read the Facebook, the cover of the book. That's what Facebook is. That's what social media is. The book cover. They see the book cover. But until they open the book and begin to read your policies and procedures and your boundaries and your commitments and your love for God, they begin to hear for they're going to be like, oh, this is too much for me. I'm out. So if he doesn't call or text, you go to what's next. We don't got time for games. I love you. I got to go. Hope y'all bless. Thank y'all so much for watching live. Praise God. Love y'all. Love you too, man. Appreciate you. God bless you. Uh, I just dropped in. Thank you, powerful. Thank you, dear brother. God bless. God gets the glory. You're so welcome, Alexis. Um, love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make sure y'all check out my website, Iamunplugged.com for uh, card games, books, courses, resources, tools, all that good stuff. Uh, check out my latest book. Where is it? Uh, Counterfeit or Counterpart. This is a good book for those who ask a lot of questions about discernment and dating and discernment in anything. Counterfeit a counterpart, how to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. That book's available. You can also check out all the other books that I have on uh, Amazon if you want to. I, don't, I can't find a graphic right away. 
Either way, dating prep card game this would be a good game for those for that young lady who's who's uh, got a fiance. That certain question you can ask to see if this relationship should last. If you got a soul tie or a stronghold, the purpose of freedom is a good book for you. If you're a single individual or a person that wants to be whole, the purpose of single is a great book. There, check all that out on imunplugged.com. Um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I see y'all next time. Also, check out my Patreon. For those who want more than just five to ten minutes with me on a on a random live, but want a little bit more in-depth coaching, check out my Patreon. Link in the description box below. Just all you got to do is go to patreon.com, type in Joshua Ezzy, pick a price point that benefits you. And the summer's here, so I got some time to coach. Lord willing, and we'll make it happen. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.